1: Why does making friends as an adult feel so what hard? What should I wear on a first date? hell is a
2: foreign forward- But that makeup was is not good. What so do frustrating? I want my life to look like in five years? We,
1: we want to know too. You. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Okay, sorry, let me put my dog down. Yeah, let's go to your bed.
3: He, like, needs to be on a lap at all times, and so I normally give him to Joey for her recordings, but Joey's out with his family, so you know the song that's like, a single
2: mom that works two job? That's how I feel right now. Yeah, that's how you are. <laughs> all
3: right, everyone. Welcome back to the Evergirl podcast. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving and enjoyed a lot of fun, quality time, ate some yeah. turkey, turkey, pumpkin pie. <laughs> hope Welcome you enjoyed
0: back.
2: it. Tell me what this week's Ask the Evergirl question is. This is a good question because I feel like so many people just don't know the answer to this question. Oh, how did you know you were ready to move in with your boyfriend? I've been in my current relationship for over two years, and it feels like the right next step, but I worry I'm rushing into it. I was just having this conversation with a friend who is
3: currently thinking about moving in with her boyfriend, too. very top of mind for me. I have a very different experience than I think a lot of people probably do. I did not want to live with my boyfriend before marriage at all. And obviously not for the it's wrong or religious reasons oh, or I don't know, whatever no, reasons like people. Right talk, about that. Not for those reasons. <laughs> I just kind of, I I never pictured myself living with anyone before getting married. And part of it was thinking about a wedding. I was like, okay, so we go get married. And then what, we just go back to our normal life. Like there was something about that that didn't feel exciting to me. But the main reason that I didn't want to is because I love my own space so much. I've always loved living alone. I loved living with my friends. So I just always felt like I have my entire life to live with this person, to build a home with this person. Like, I really want to make the most of my time where it can just be my own space. Why start earlier than I have to, you know? And Joey had wanted to live together, but was obviously supportive and knew that's what I wanted. Then the pandemic (laughs) happened and Joey had a roommate. And then the roommate, like he had a long distance girlfriend. So his girlfriend moved in. So it was like oh. going to be the three of them working, living together. So That's Joey was like, yeah, the tight, close quarters. Joey wanted to give them space. And I also, it was that point of COVID where you're like really only with the people in your pod. So I wanted him to come stay with me so that we were going through COVID together. And it just made sense. So I had him move into my studio apartment.
2: Again, it was like, <laughs> wait, Really? You I haven't heard the story, that. Emma? No.
3: I'm <laughs> out oh my my tiny studio apartment in Hollywood. that
2: the yeah. living situation.
3: I mean, it was wild. Like, I'd be on a meeting and he'd get a call. He'd have to sprint into the bathroom, close the door, and put a towel underneath so that we couldn't hear each other. He also is not a small man. Like, he is six foot four. He takes up a lot of space. Wow. I don't know how yeah. I allowed that much space to be taken up in my <laughs> studio apartment.
2: That is and, a tall man to be having in your studio apartment. Yeah. I'm
3: right. like, he doesn't even fit in a studio apartment by himself, much less <laughs> like with me. So it was, it was such a journey, but we just had the best time ever. Like, we just had so much fun. I loved having him there and going through life with him and having him there all the time, which I was not expecting because I so am the person who's like, I need to be alone. I need my space. I get right. sick of people so easily. So I was just... Honestly, pleasantly surprised that I'm like, oh, I actually like being around you all the time. That's nice. Like when I'd go for a walk or go to the grocery store or whatever, when I would leave, I I remember thinking to myself, I feel so happy, like giddy getting to go home to him. It feels so fun to get to go home to him. Like I realized how much it was such a special feeling for me to get to go home to him. Then the time came as COVID was trailing off, I really wanted to move because I wanted to move to West Hollywood. At the same time, his roommate was expecting a baby. So they were very nicely, you know, we, you kind of need to move out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like move out. And he had not lived there at this point for probably a year. So it was this weird place of like, the choice was not, do we move in together, but do we move out? You know, like we had already moved in together by accident. So I had a question what I had wanted this whole time. And so we talked a lot about it. I thought a lot about it. I talked to my mom about it a lot because it was so different than what i thought i wanted but at the end of the day i just felt like this is gonna sound so cheesy you know i hate being cheesy but this is this was how i felt was like i really don't want to spend a night without him a place without him wouldn't feel like home to me anymore i didn't want to have a different home and so it wasn't really like a choice we just moved in temporarily and then it felt like now home could never be without him again
2: Yeah. Things happen all the time that can cause a person to start to feel like home to you.
3: Yeah. And that's when I think it feels natural. I have such a hot take about this topic in general because the vast majority of people I know believe that the smart thing to do is to live together before they get married so they can test it out you know like you wouldn't buy a car without testing it out you want to see how you live together before you get married whatever works for everybody i think everybody just you should intuitively know what's right for you what works for you so do that so if you feel that way all power to you i'm not trying to shit on that but i i just don't I I don't understand that. I don't understand the need to test before you buy. The person you spend your life with is the most important decision you'll make in your life, right? Because it will determine everything. So you mean to tell me that if they're messy or if they leave their socks on the floor or you bicker about a bill, that that's going to change anything? What would you find out about living together that would make you no longer want to spend your life with this person?
2: Right. Ideally you know enough about them.
3: Right. That's why I feel like what would change things for you? Living with Joey is not all sunshine and butterflies, okay? He leaves his socks all over the apartment. Oh my god, you know what the latest thing he annoys me is? He goes to TJ Maxx and he comes home with the corniest Christmas decor. That mm-hmm. does not match my vintage vibe. Like I'm like, "We have a decor vibe, Joey." But he like buys potato chips in bulk. But none of those things would change my mind about spending my life with him. Nothing I have found out about him. Would have made me think differently or has made me think differently. I still feel so much happier with them every single day. Everyone should have their own feeling what's right for them, but I don't get the argument of I need to test out first.
2: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Ideally, you just love the person who you are going to presumably spend the rest of your life with if that's what you want. I think it's more common to live together without the prospect of marriage than it ever was. Like it's not just one set path. You don't need to follow this routine of like, oh, I'm going to live with them for like X amount of time. And then because we live together for X amount of time, then we're going to get married. We can just do whatever feels right.
3: (laughs) I totally agree. It's interesting because for so many generations, you don't live together first, you get married first, and then you live together. But now it's almost like you have to live together first in order to get married. Let's just do what feels right to us all. And Exactly. And I think like being so careful about doing things because it feels good to you rather than this is what we should do. Emma, did you read The Defining Decade?
2: No. Emma,
3: when you're in your early 20s, you have to read this book. It's called The Defining Decade by clinical psychologist Meg Jay. Something that she talks about is how so many people have this ideology. You should live together because that's going to decrease your chance to get divorced because you'll know more. That's genuinely what I logically thought. Earlier in life, like I think that makes sense. It's like that probably decreases divorce rates. I would imagine, right? Meg Jay, this author, cited all this research that actually stated the opposite: living together before marriage increases your chance of divorce rates, just based on statistics. Whoa! And the reason is so many people move in together, and because they're like, well, you know, we're already living together. The right next step is marriage. So we might as well get married. Getting married because basically it's easier than to not. So I I think that that's really interesting because it's different than what a lot of people think. But also on the flip side of that, I'm kind of arguing with myself. I'm getting like <laughs> multiple different sides to each. On the flip side of that, I also know a lot of people who were waiting for marriage to move in and then therefore rushed marriage because they're like, okay, we're wasting so much money, not living together. Maybe their parents weren't okay with them living together before marriage. And then they're like, well, okay, so let's get married so that we can live together. I don't know if that sets you up for success as well. Like something I wasn't expecting moving in together before marriage is I love knowing that when we get married, it's not because we're, you know, needing to move together because it feels silly to waste all this money. It's only because we're ready to like celebrate our
2: love. That's such a good perspective. We get to get married, not like we have to get married. I think the moral of the story is definitely just do what feels right.
3: What do you see in
2: in your friends or, or are they... Not at the I point mean, yet. No, they are. For the vast majority, moving in very young 20s, a lot of people end up in that situation of the only way to take our relationship to the next level is to move in together or we're spending every night at each other's houses. We might as well. To me, just feels like not a decision you're making based on the person, but rather one on convenience. That's what I've seen thus far. But also, who knows? It might end up differently. I will say, having now lived alone and being single, I don't think I could ever date anyone who hasn't had the experience of being totally self-sufficient in the sense of living alone. Oh, that's an interesting point. I am truly caring for myself, and I value that in another person because I don't need to mother anyone.
3: (laughs) Or fear that we stop mothering other people. (laughs) Yeah. And only mother ourselves. Right. And our children. Yeah. That's a really great take, Emma. So do you feel like it matters less to you about whether or not to move in before marriage? And it's more about the person's living situation
2: before that they are informed
3: in themselves.
2: Yes. It's more about that. And are you as capable of self-sufficiency as I am?
3: That determines compatibility, I would say, more than how messy you guys are when you look. You know what I mean? Like exactly. it's, 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 it's exactly. our, that matters more is like knowing how they are. And I, I think yes, people can find out how can they take care of themselves by living together. But you can also learn that, like you said, like, have they lived alone before? What has their life been like? I you know some people can't always, you know, have the luxury of living right. alone. So there's other ways to also. Identify how independent are they. Like, what experience do they have being a fully formed human being? There's so many other ways to seek that out and and to find what's important to you in that compatibility. So, my advice for this listener, it's not helpful advice, but there really is no right answer. There's just there's not. You could move in together after one month of dating, and it would be the best choice for your relationship. Or you could live separately for ten years. You could pull accordion, Travis, and live in two different homes, even after you're married. It's all about what's right for you. There's no such thing as a right timeline for everybody. And I would encourage everybody to get over any other preconceived ideas that this is the right order. This is the way to do things and just follow what makes you happy. There is so much pressure. Pressure. Yeah. Something I would say that that hopefully is helpful is the question is really less of do I want to live with them and more of could I live without them? Don't do it for money. I know it's so tempting to save where it's like we're spending every night at each other's place anyway. We're paying yeah. too. And it's like, I understand the temptation. And for a lot of people, that is the only option. And so that's really fine. But if it really is, we can exist on our own, but it feels stupid to waste a few hundred dollars every month. Don't do it for that. Because then you start making decisions out of convenience instead of your own happiness. And then that's setting up the relationship to almost be like it's there because it's a convenience. Not because it's a choice, not because you're doing it for your happiness. Right. Don't do to play house either. That's the other reason I feel like I've heard a lot ugh, of people. Is that cringe. phrase just like
2: grosses me. Thought, oh.
3: <laughs> your face just went, oh, I read the Gen Z ick all over your face. <laughs> that was, yeah,
2: and that's and, like, I had like a visceral reaction. Yeah, your body convulsed when <laughs> I said that. Yeah, please don't move in together to play house.
3: So many people, like, you get so swept up in the romantics of it. We're we're cooking together. You see the TikToks that are, like, date night in. And, yeah, it looks romantic and pretty. And it's so cute. I've never in my life had a date night in that looks anything like that. Or date night in is, like, he's, like, trying to make a mojito and then we're going to play Scrabble. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it is not this, like, aesthetic, like, we're cooking a pizza together. Like, we're ordering Chinese food. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Don't play house. Don't do it for financial reasons if you can. Again, yes. timeline just doesn't matter. Protocol yes. doesn't matter. I think the only way I can like help this person make the decision that's right for them is move in when you feel like this decision will make every day of your life happier. Also, are you okay if you don't get the chance to live by yourself again or with a friend again? Because I think a lot of people yeah. forget. That. Ideally, if all goes as planned, you will no longer live by yourself again you might not live with you've loved living with a a good friend or roommate I, i mean i still mourn my alone space i think it's okay to like mourn it but my happiness with another person in my space outweighed My love for my own space.
2: That is so beautiful. That is exactly how it should be. Hearing you say that, I'm like, damn, mm, I may never feel that. I feel like I need to like
3: say mean things about Joey now. It gives me such an ick when people on Instagram, this is so judgmental, so I'm so sorry if you do this, people listening out there. But when people are like so affectionate on Instagram, I can't help but think what's wrong with your relationship. Like, I know that's so every time I like say a nice thing, I'm like, (laughs) oh, Yeah, but this is different.
2: We're going to make it like a visual performance.
3: Best of luck to you, our listener who asked this. Let us know. Yeah. Like, keep us keep posted. posted a loop. Actually, JoJo gives so many great relationship-rated advice. People. This is a good episode for you guys. America first fell in love with JoJo Fletcher on Ben Higgins' season of The Bachelor in 2016. I'm just going to give a little background for anyone who doesn't know. Okay, just brief. After a heartbreaking breakup and Ben's final two... JoJo went on to become the Bachelorette where she met her current husband, Jordan Rogers. Against all odds and reality TV statistics, Jordan and JoJo have had a highly successful relationship, getting married in 2022, and remain a fan-favorite couple. JoJo has also had an inspiring career and has done things totally differently than other Bachelor, Bachelorette, or reality TV stars. JoJo has had ventures in real estate, she's become a popular host and personality on many shows. And has stayed a beloved public figure for years after many Bachelor or Bachelorette stars have become irrelevant. Whoa. Was that brutal me? (laughs) (laughs) Her latest endeavor is St. Spritz, a high-quality, cleaner brand of canned spritzes. I got to try some, and they are my new favorite drink. They're so good. I'm a massive fan of JoJo. I fangirled so hard. (laughs)
2: It was awesome.
3: When I met her, I blurted out that she is me and my mom's favorite Bachelor of all time because she is. My mom is obsessed with her, too. So I had so much to ask her about. Of course, I wanted to get all the the behind-the-scenes tea on The Bachelor, but I also wanted to know where her confidence comes from and the secrets of the success of her relationship. Because seriously, the fact that they have stayed strong all these years made it through the craziness that is reality TV, all this pressure, and they are a seemingly normal, happy couple. I mean, it really is amazing and very unique. So we talk reality TV, confidence, comparison, perfectionism, And how to make a relationship last. And she also gives some dating advice that she would tell her younger self that I absolutely loved. We also chat about her career and the unexpected trait that she prioritizes for success and business. She has the best personality. She's so down to earth. She's so bubbly. She just has the lightest, happiest energy that you just, you want to be around all the time. So this is such a fun episode. But it's also packed with really good advice, too. JoJo's team was nice enough to offer the Every Girl podcast listeners 10% off both St. Spritz and Off Hours. Off Hours is a high-quality and very chic bourbon brand that's currently partnering with them. You've probably seen Off Hours on Instagram because it's very aesthetic. So you can get 10% off St. Spritz or Off Hours bourbon from now until the end of December with code THEEVERYGIRL10. Let's get into it with JoJo. Please welcome JoJo Fletcher to the Everygirl podcast. I'm cursed with technology. Like, I swear
1: something never works. I feel the same way. I feel like my grandparents when I'm having these. <laughs> and also, being in Puerto Rico on an island, it's like so unreliable. So we're um, good. But- Are you in Puerto Rico yeah. right now? Yeah, we live in Puerto Rico. I did not realize
3: that. I knew that you were sometimes in LA. You were in Texas for a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, from Dallas. And then during COVID in 2020, Jordan and I came here and just was like, let's just get out of the city. Let's rent months a month my family that live here. And then we ended up buying a house and renovating it for two years. And then we moved into the house.
3: Oh my gosh. Do you absolutely love living there? I'm sure your nervous system has got to just like relax.
1: You know what it is. That was the biggest thing being here. Everyone is so much more active and outside and it's a lot slower pace, which I guess is like, there's pros and cons to that. Like the busybody in me and the person that likes to get things done quickly is like, needs it to go (laughs) fast. But um, yeah, my nervous system appreciates it.
3: Oh, I can only imagine. Okay, Jojo, take me back to 2015 or 2016. How did you get involved on the Bachelor? What's that process like?
1: You just said 2015 (laughs) (laughs) blows my mind. Is that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. So funny story, I was a fan of the show growing up. I loved the show. And then in 2015 2014, maybe, my brother was actually on a different reality dating TV show called Ready for Love. A lot of the Bachelor producers actually came from The Bachelor and worked on his show. We had stayed in touch with one of the executives on the show, just became a family friend. And then in 2016, 2016, when they were casting, God, it so long ago, <laughs> um, I got a text from that producer. And he was like, hey, we're actually coming to Dallas for this next season. Are you single? do you want to do this show? What are your thoughts? And I had just gone through like a really terrible breakup at the time. It was the first time in a long time that I was single. I feel like I was always like in relationships and my mom, my best friend, they kind of just said like, you need to go, you need to go, at least just try. So I went and I did this casting in Dallas and then it just kind of happened. Wow. So you
3: were one of the the cool ones that were reached out to. What did you want to get out of the experience? Like, were you really thinking, oh, I might find love? Or were you more like, this is just such a
1: cool once in a lifetime experience? Yeah. I I mean, I am so grateful that I went on this show because at the time, like I said, I was coming out of a toxic relationship. Like it was bad. A part of me wasn't going to go just because I felt guilty. And that was where my headspace was at. But my mom, my best friend, they're like, you need to go. And he, I was like, you know what? I need to get out. Whatever this dream is for me, I at least know it's going to get me out of this bubble of Dallas, away from my ex. It's going to be an amazing life experience. And if I fall in love with an amazing guy, that will be just a dream come true. Because I hadn't watched the show, like I said, and I would see these relationships in this fairy tale and I'd be like, I'm Uh, Well, I kind of just did it because I needed to get out of that space that I was, I was like, this seems like a really fun time. I didn't know who the bachelor was. So I was hopeful that it was going to be somebody that I really connected with. And it ended up being Ben, which was, I mean, the best bachelor you could ask for. Oh, yeah. So it was just kind of like, let's see what happens. And this happened. I mean, what a great way to get your groove back—to go
3: on a national dating show. Would you have not gone on The Bachelor had it not been
1: for getting out of this toxic relationship? I would have never applied to that show. First off, even though I was a fan of the show, that's not something that I would have like gone to a casting and and done. So, feel like stars aligned, and this was like kind of felt like the perfect timing, the perfect situation. It felt like I needed to at least see it through to whatever extent. That I would have never have like, applied to that show. Everything has to fall in place in order for
3: your life to work out this way. And all of the things that came from it, it's crazy that it was kind of like you were pushed into that because you were at the right yeah. place at the right time, basically. Like you were in the right
1: place in your life. A hundred percent. This is going to sound cheesy, but it's so wild that one small decision you make at any point in your life can completely alter your course in the future and, and change how your life turns out. That's why I'm a very big advocate of chasing opportunities and doing things that scare you. And even if you're uncomfortable, you just never know. Honestly, I think the show did a lot for me in, ge- in general, just kind of how I look at things. I always wonder when I'm watching the
3: show, how did you find the confidence to be able to basically be compared to so many other beautiful, amazing women that are on the show with you? But then open yourself up to not only potential rejection by this guy, but then the scrutiny across all of America. Like that takes yeah.
1: balls. Like, yeah, like that's so a lot of balls. Because, like, when you go from never being on TV before and then going on to show like The Bachelor, which was the largest show in all of reality TV, you don't really realize the attention or the scrutiny or the amount of eyes that will be on you. So, when you're filming, I was never thinking about like what. Are people like gonna say about me after the word? I was more so just like, this is overwhelming. There's hundreds of cameras around me, tons of beautiful girls. I'm meeting a guy for the first time that I'm gonna start dating. How do I do this and not be so awkward and uncomfortable? Because I'm not an awkward person, but the setting was so unusual. And then once you start filming, that's what I think you start thinking, like, oh. Is someone going to take what I said the wrong way? It doesn't really happen right at first when you're going into it, but once you're there. Yeah, it's just a roller coaster of emotion. But I think for me, it was mostly just like how to stay present. How to stay present when I was with Ben. How to stay present when I was with the girls in the house. And really trying to keep those feelings and emotions separate, which was nearly impossible to do. I also think that when you go on the show, you don't realize how many great friendships are going to come out of that show. Becca, she's a great example. She is one of my very best friends that I met on the show. She was in my wedding. We always joke like us going on that show was probably for us to find each other. (laughs) You found each other. Yeah. On each other. So you kind of have this support system of all these beautiful girls that you really start to look at them as friends. I think that aspect helps lessen that competition feeling, if you will we both want to date this guy, but I'm also rooting for you because I love you. And I know you deserve everything. You know what I mean? So it's a weird, it's a
3: weird dynamic. I love shining a light on all of the amazing friendships that came out of it. And I have to tell you, my senior year of college was when you were on Ben's season. And so me and my best friend, we were like, oh my God, we're so Jojo and Becca. Cause I remember the scene where you guys would be drinking a mimosa while working out and being like, oh my God, that's so us. But I feel like before your season, they didn't show a ton of personality among women. Like it was all very much focused on obviously the relationships and Ben's season was the first one that I remember. And it was specifically you and Becca. And I was like, they had so much fun together. Like who cares about Ben? I'm here for the Jojo and Becca love story. It, It is interesting because of how much they focus on drama among women in the house that it's like, and why can we not be talking more about like the joy? Like we see that with the golden bachelor. I don't know if you're tuned into that, but they show so many amazing friendships. And I'm like, this is what we're missing from the main bachelor is seeing the friendships among women, not the drama.
1: Yeah, and it's actually really funny you say that. There were so many moments that obviously don't make the show. But I remember the night that Becca got sent home. Ben hands out at the final rows and he I feel bad for saying, but it was just like something that came out. He said it was watching Kayla. I don't know if you remember Kayla from my yeah. Kayla and Becca. And he says Kayla's name, which immediately would send Becca home. And I audibly, I go, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't even know how that came out. But I was, after that, I was sobbing. And both Becca and I were like,
0: she's not leaving.
1: unless I get a second. I so I waited hours after that elimination. And they brought Becca back around in her little getaway car. Yeah, this, like, embrace. And we were both just sobbing. And I was like, we're having our little mini-breakup. Yeah, it's so true. There's so many amazing friendships that perform on the show, and they don't shine a lot of light on it, but they're pretty incredible. Oh, my God. Why don't they show that? I want to see the JoJo just- and Becca breakup. Yeah, they didn't see our goodbye, which would have been probably, people would have been like, this is weird.
3: <laughs> We've done so many female friendship episodes because... It's such a passion of mine to get over this idea that women have to be frenemies. Like it has to be like the Blair and Serena trope. Like you can be best friends, but you also are enemies and you're competitive and there's drama and cattiness. So I love seeing just like really great female friendships. I agree. Is there anything about production or behind the scenes of the show that you think people
1: would be surprised by? There's always production obviously in post and editing in any show in general and like after going into hosting roles for other reality television i see that side of it a lot more now and that's going to happen no matter what show you're watching so of course things are taken out things can be twisted in certain ways actually i will say on my season i remember after jordan and i ended up together i got a call from the producers and they were like hey i just want to give you a heads up we're gonna have to do a little bit of an edit on jordan because i think it's a dead giveaway that you're gonna end up (laughs) we need to really cast doubt in the viewer's mind like at the time i'm like what does that even look like what does that even mean and then afterwards watching it, i'm like oh i kind of see what they were doing here making it seem like jordan was so unsure that i was, you know whatever it was so they definitely do that but i think in terms of like how i was portrayed on ben season i think super accurate from what i remember and then as far as me as a bachelorette, like those were all my real emotions. Those are all things that I thought and felt. And I don't think that there was a whole lot of editing to that. I was a pretty much an emotional mess the whole thing. No, I feel like you carried yourself
3: so well. It seemed very obvious to us as the viewer still, apparently with this edit, that he was going to be the guy. We all were rooting for Jordan. We all saw your connection.
1: Did you not know from day one that it was him? I get this question all the time and I really truly like maybe deep down somewhere like obviously he was my first impression rose I was was attracted to him I was immediately comfortable with him I felt like our conversation was really good so he checked all the boxes out the gates more than some of the other guys but I told myself the whole time I was on that show I cannot do this I have to be open I have to really explore all these guys that I'm interested in because At that time, when I decided to be the bachelorette, I knew from the show, you can absolutely fall in love because I fell in love with Ben and I was ready to get engaged to Ben. Like I knew it could work and I knew that I really wanted that. And so when I was the bachelor, I was like, I have to explore every type of guy, even if there's somebody that I typically will. So I don't say that I like knew right out the gates that he was going to be my husband. He was always at the top of my list. But as you go through the experience and you try to keep each relationship separate, like kept Jordan separate from my conversations with Chase or Robbie or Luke or whoever those were. I don't think I knew knew until Jordan told me he loved me. That's when I felt that sense of like peace and knowing like, okay, all these feelings that I'm feeling, I now know he feels. So I can kind of let that little wall down. That was kind of stopping me from going full, fully in. So that was the moment that you knew was when Jordan
3: said, I love you. You You're like, okay, it's going to be Jordan. He's going to get the final rose. We're going to get married. He's the one.
1: I think so, but again, the night before the proposal I was a freaking mess and I think I got my emotions confused with the guilt of having to say goodbye to somebody who I knew loved me and was writing to propose to me. And so I think that that guilt of what I was feeling to have to say goodbye to Robbie. I think that I was confusing the guilt that I was feeling for am I making the right decision? But God, thank God. I mean never no, mind my, my. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can go there if you want to go there. I don't even know what Robbie's doing anymore. Jordan is so unlike what I think a lot of people maybe perceived him as. Like they thought he was this party boy or this player. And he's like, his guys nights are going to play golf and watching football. It's not like going to the clubs. And, and it's just, it's totally opposite from what I think people's initial. And to be honest, what I first saw Jordan, I was like, oh, he's probably for sure a player. You have this preconceived notion for No reason. I have no reason to think that, which is wild. Don't judge a book by its cover. The guy that, The
3: Bachelorette, is like, I really like him, but he could break my heart or like that they're a little bit worried about. And maybe that was part of the editing. But I remember that being a part of your season is it was like so obvious that Jordan was the one for you, but you had this like fear, maybe he's going to break
1: my heart. And I always like, that's the one that they choose. And I definitely felt that. And you know, it's really funny the night before when I was being a, a total emotional wreck, the stylist, Carrie Fetman for the show, he's still the stylist on the show. He came over to my room the night before the proposal. And I think I always knew I loved Jordan so much. I knew that's where my heart was, but I was always just scared of getting hurt. And then I remember he told me something. He was laying in the bed and he was like, you can't make a choice about love and try to make a smart decision because at the end of the day, you will always wonder, what if I went with my heart? I had to do that. If you take the safe way out, you will always wonder what if. And then my, quote unquote, safe way out was so wrong. I was so wrong about that. (laughs) It was
3: just kind of crazy. Your heart doesn't need the protection. I'll say this to friends who are worried about getting their heart broken, but it's like the worst that happens is you get your heart broken. Yes, that's awful and devastating and it'll feel so bad, but that's way less bad than if you hadn't gone down that path. And like you're saying, you will spend your life asking what if, what if I didn't go with my heart? That's way worse than the possibility of getting your heart broken. Totally. So right. Was Jordan having issues watching this all back? I'm always curious about that. So he's watching your relationships develop. Is that hard for you guys
1: to manage in your relationship? I don't even think he really watched most of the show. that's good that was never something that we asked of him i think he watched maybe the first couple of episodes but i don't think he really watched much of the rest of it post show you're kind of in hiding but you're engaged and nobody knows but you're seeing all these other relationships unfold and you're seeing your now fiance being physical and intimate with other people like there was enough stuff that we had to sort through and work out once we were together in hiding we didn't need that added element because that didn't really matter at the end of the day but it would have created just one more thing to have to like talk about and sort through he never made me feel any type of way for my journey and that was pretty incredible because I've heard past you know bachelor bachelorette said that that was one of the hardest parts for their relationship and thankfully that was not something that we really had Struggle with. I'm sure there were times we had conversations about certain things, but nothing like detrimental. I love The Bachelor, but it kind of does set up for
3: relationship failure. You know, you have this whirlwind romance, you're so short-lived in front of America, you're dating in this bubble in an experience that's anything but your normal routine. And then you're just thrust into the public eye as a couple under so much scrutiny, pressure. And then the rest of the public is watching. Your love story with other people unfold too. What do you think has attributed to the success of you and Jordan?
1: I think the first thing that we did that was a little different than a lot of couples is right after we got engaged, we went straight back home to Dallas. We didn't stick around LA. We didn't do the whole scene thing. He was going to move from Nashville to come to Dallas. We were going to move in together. I was going to go back to work. I was remodeling a house at the time. He was going to go straight back to work. So we knew we needed to get back to normalcy as quick as possible and not hang around the seat, if you will. Listen, coming off the show, our first year was very hard. Harder than either one of us could have expected. And we were oftentimes very scared to show that and be open and honest about that because we felt the weight and the pressure of needing to be this perfect couple. Not only to people that were watching the show but also to our family and friends because they trusted us. You want your family, your friends to to trust the decision you made because we trusted the decision we made. For example, when Jordan and I would have arguments or trouble, like I would normally either call my best friend or call my mom. I didn't do that as often because I didn't want them to judge Jordan for complications or struggles that we were going through that were really not either one of our fault. It was just the product of this crazy whirlwind Situation we had just gone through, coming back, moving in together, still learning about each other, still figuring out how one person does something and receives and communicates, and so we like rode the wave of that first year. we had really great highs, we had very low lows, but there was a point towards the end of that first year where we had this like big blow up argument, and we were like, Listen, like there's no doubt we love each other, we know that we love each other, but is this relationship the best thing?" for both of us. Is this what is best for us? Is it healthy for us? Is this what we want? When We had that moment. It was kind of like throw away all the outside pressure. This is you and me. This is our life. What do we want from this? And we both wanted it and we both knew we had to fight for it. And We both knew there was going to take a lot of compromise and a lot of understanding and a lot of patience and I think a lot of grace to be given to one another. After that conversation, I just feel like there was this big shift and this amount of like respect that we had for each other and for our relationship and grace that we gave ourselves. We work at it. We work at it every single day. That's the biggest thing. Because the easy thing would be like, this isn't going to work. Of course, this wasn't going to work because I met you on a reality TV dating show. This normally doesn't work. So it's okay if it doesn't work out. We'll just go our separate ways and we'll wish each other the best. That would have been kind of easy for people to understand after a year of like we tried and just obviously didn't work out but it's not what we wanted so i
3: love that and while the way you met is not relatable to people i think that that is the most relatable thing to hear because we often see in relationships everybody's painting them as this perfect thing even like your friends it doesn't even have to be like a celebrity or influencer it's like your friends are posting about their relationships like I'm the luckiest girl in the world, and I'm so happy, and a relationship is great when in reality, people go through issues. That's just part of a relationship. You're learning how to live together, grow together. You're two changing people trying to exist together. So it's normal to have these doubts and, and conversations. I love that you had a moment of doubt, you had a fight, and then you were able to work through it. And I'm curious if you can share some of what that quote, "like fighting for it" looks like, like, what are those things that you both thought was so important? that allowed you to get from that place to the point that
1: you are now? You know, earlier in the relationship, there would be times where we would have a disagreement or an argument. We're, like, we handle conflict very differently, right? I'm an over-communicator. I want to talk about everything. I don't want to walk away from a disagreement until it's settled. Jordan's not that way. He wasn't that way. He was somebody that needed to disconnect. He needed to to step away from what was happening in order to clear his mind. And at the time, like I couldn't understand that. I took that as you're rejecting me. I took that as I'm not worth fighting for. We all look at things very differently. And in the situation that we're in, how we're processing it all. So I think when I say that we had to fight and work for our relationship, we both had to really over communicate with each other and really start to understand each other and like, what we meant by certain things that we did. Like I say, there's compromise. It was understanding that there's times that Jordan knew that, like, I didn't want him to have to walk away from my conversation. What I needed, I needed to sit through and like talk it through. And like he understands that there's times that he's going to have to give when he doesn't want to give. And I now understand that there's times for, like, yeah, maybe taking five, taking a beat, even though I don't want to take that beat, that's what's going to be best for our relationship. As you get older and you have more confidence in your relationship, you're able to do that. And it's so much healthier. So there's like more understanding, more grace, more compromise and continuously keeping that top of mind, especially in difficult situation. Also understanding each other's like love languages. And I know that sounds so silly, but that's important, especially with how busy our life is. Jordan's main one is quality time. So when He's gone for football season right now. He's only home a couple of days a week. Like when we're back together, we really, we try to disconnect. We try to be with each other. We try to be present. We try to really fuel our relationship. I know that sounds silly to some people and it did to me at first, but I see now the difference that it makes when each person feels like the things that they need from their partner are being heard and understood. What's
3: your love language and how does Jordan show up for you in that way?
1: So I'm like acts of service. And so like he does things for me now. Like he'll go take the car and fill up the gas when he knows that I had to drive to the airport the next day and I forgot about it or he'll randomly do my laundry. You know, just like little things like that. He's started to bring me coffee every single morning. Oh my what god. Which is like my greatest love language that I didn't know existed. <laughs> like little things like that make me feel love,
3: And It's just so simple. That's such great advice that so often gets forgotten because people are focusing on the bigger things. I'm a big believer that the people we're with obviously have to be good for us and we have to, you know, like them as people, but there's no such thing as the perfect person or someone who fits us perfectly. I think success in a relationship is. Two people who are willing to grow together and view love as a verb, not a state that you're in, but a verb. So they have to work at it. And I think that's where yeah. love language comes in. I love that. It's so true. What dating or relationship advice would you give young Jojo in her early 20s?
1: Oh, my gosh. sometimes I like think about young Jojo and I get emotional because I remember I only really feel like I had one relationship where I felt like I lost myself. And I look back and I think, why did you ever allow somebody to make you feel that way? Why did you tolerate that? If I can go back to tell myself one thing, it would be like, again, it's going to sound cheesy, but know your worth, believe in your worth, and don't settle for less. If that means you're alone and single, that's okay. I allowed certain relationships to manipulate the way that I viewed things and thought about things. And I would remind myself how strong I am and how independent I am and how worthy I was and am. And that mindset and that confidence is really easy to lose, especially when you're with somebody who doesn't help fuel that. So if the person that you're with isn't making you feel all those amazing things and you're fighting to come up with excuses for them, that's not your person. You need to walk away. And I promise you, and this is what I'll tell you, it's gonna feel so scary to think that you can't be without this person or to walk away from this relationship is gonna be so, so hard. But I would have told myself to have left that relationship so much earlier because greater things are ahead that you don't realize right now, but it's out there for you and you deserve a lot better. I know
3: there's a lot of people listening right now that are like, I needed to hear that. <laughs> it's
1: so scary to walk away from so relationships.
3: What do you think in the past gave you the strength to walk away from those relationships?
1: Honestly. I know myself and I'm a very loyal person and I'm going to fight for a relationship or a love that I believe in. I think at the time in that last relationship, I was confusing what love really meant. So to be honest, after that breakup, I'm thankful for the show because I worry and I think about this, like, what if I didn't go Would I have just fallen back into this relationship? Because he wanted me back. He was there. We would always see each other. And I knew that's not what I wanted. I knew that th- that was not good for me. So having the support of my family and my, my friends to be like, you need to go on this show and you need to get out of here and you need to spread your wings. That gave me that strength and that gave me that confidence. And then going on to the show. And even though I got dumped by Ben, which you was that would hurt her confidence, it grew my confidence because I had met a guy who I think is a wonderful person with amazing characteristics. Who treated me really well. And although it didn't work out. That was okay. I knew that I was worthy of a greater love. And I got through that breakup. And I think that gave me confidence. That gave me that will to pick yourself back up. It's all good. Like you're going to be okay. You're going to find the right guy. And so I think that the show really did a lot for me. Which maybe that sounds silly. But I think that that saved me in a sense. No I think that completely
3: makes sense self-worth and confidence not only determines the relationships that you're in, but I think when you focus on confidence and self-worth, it changes the experience of dating as well. It's interesting to hear you talk about this because watching you on The Bachelorette, I know that we only got like a small snippet of what you actually like and what's actually happening, but you seem like someone who has this air about you. Like my grandma always used to say, Just be your adorable self. And in that she meant, if he calls you, so what? If he doesn't call you, so what? Enjoy your life. Have fun. And I think when you love yourself and your life, you give off this energy of like, I don't need you, but I want you. And I have fun with you. And I think that's what makes dating enjoyable. That's what attracts people to you.
0: And
1: to me, you gave that off so well watching you on The Bachelorette. That's that's really nice. Yeah, I feel like I started to grow my wings back after the show. My mom is like the most strong, independent woman. She's always taught me. My dad has always, I have older brothers. They've always taught me, you don't need anybody. Love is a choice. And when you find a person that wants to work for, her, that's when it's going to be beautiful. You don't need it to survive. Like I was always taught these things, but sometimes you get into this, you get into a situation where sometimes you break yourself down a little bit. And you forget about those things. And you forget about your self worth. And so I think realizing that I can get through for things, that I deserve to be happy, like I deserve, I deserve, and also understanding, like you said, like there's nobody that's perfect, so there's going to have to be compromise, and there's going to have to be understanding. But with the right person, it makes sense and it's worth it. So, yeah, I think the show helped me get my wings back. And it sounds like you learned you can trust yourself. Yes, actually, that's a very big thing too. Yeah, I think your gut and your intuition is so spot on a lot of the times. If you believe and you feel like you have a good intuition to rely on it a little bit more. And there were relationships in the past where I knew they weren't right, but I wasn't strong enough to walk away from it. And I kept making excuses for it. Yeah, I think I started to learn to trust myself. And I started to realize that whatever decision you make, you're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I think that's the scariest and hardest part for people is not knowing if they're going to be okay afterwards.
3: Absolutely. That's
1: so beautiful.
3: I want to move into all of the amazing things that you've done since The Bachelorette. I actually so admire your career because I think a lot of people go on a reality show, they stay relevant on social media for a year or so, and then they get all these brand partnerships and then they kind of like fade away, you know, but you've been so unique and so successful (laughs) and that you've moved on to not only keep a consistent fan base for these years, but also become a hugely successful business person and personality beyond the franchise, which is incredibly hard to do. So after you finished The Bachelorette, did you have the foresight to think about where you wanted your career to go in order to have staying power? Walk me through that.
1: No, I didn't. I wasn't even even thinking about that. And I think that there's something really genuine about that. When I went on to the show, it was not about followers. I mean, I think it boomed right after my season, but it wasn't really as big pre 2014 it was starting to get there now it's a totally different ball game but i didn't go on the show for that reason i had just moved into a different career for myself i was pre med in college i thought i was going to medical school and become a doctor right after call like took the mcat like thought i was going to go do that and had a big shift in what i wanted to do and so i took the biology major and i was like you know i'll just get into like medical sales for the time being i need to support myself so i did sales for a while and i knew that wasn't a passion on the side i really had this just like passion for remodeling home decor home design so i bought my first little remodel house right before i got casted for the bachelor i had just started kind of tinkering with remodeling it then i got whisked away to go on to the show and became a bachelorette and then as soon as i was done with the show i was like i gotta get back to my new little career that I started. And I went back to that house and I remodeled it, bought a couple more, started remodeling them. That's all that was important to me once we got off the show. And then life kind of happens and you are presented with all these opportunities. But I never did anything other than just be myself and do the things that I love to do organically. I don't know if that did anything for me, but I've had a lot of great opportunities come my way. And I'm a very hardworking person. I love the feeling of working hard at something and then seeing it come to fruition. So, just whatever that applies to, whether it's a brand partnership, whether it's my home remodels and renovations, whether it's starting an alcohol beverage company, which I've never done before, or starting a home decor line, like i just, I want to fuel the things that I'm passionate about and turn it into careers that I've just, I've always loved doing that.
3: Everything that you do feels very personal to you. You kind of can tell as a consumer, as a viewer, you can get the feel for the people that are just wanting to get a brand out there or wanting to do a partnership for the dollar, which, again, no judgment, because I also get the other side where, you know, you need to make money. But everything you do feels so personal to you. It feels like this is something you really believe in and you're just chasing your passions. And that feels so authentic.
1: That means a lot to me because I do think now with where social media is and when you have a following, how easy it is to make a dollar. I feel very proud of how particular and selective I am with things that I do and things that I share with people and things that I pursue. So I'm glad that you feel that way. And that makes me happy. Turned down a ton of of deals and I'm almost wondering, did I have done that? (laughs) Was that done with me to just sustain, you know? But no, I'm so glad that you feel that way because that was most important to me. I've been blessed to have a platform. I've been blessed to be able to pursue things that I really love. And I think to your point, just staying true to who you are has helped me continue to do that over the years. Authenticity is a big one that
3: people don't really talk about when it comes to business or career, but it can really... Catapult you to the success that you want rather than the sec- success you think is available or that you
1: think is out there? I don't think there's longevity in doing the opposite. If you're more focused on the quick dollar, that's one thing. But for me, it was really about having long-term success and things that are my own and things that I've been working hard for over years. There is a lot more longevity in that. And I think there's a lot more pride that comes with that. And so I think that's a big factor for me as well. Let's talk about St. Spritz,
3: since that's your newest venture. It's How I Met You. Why an alcohol brand?
1: Tell me about this. How would you get into this? This is, to be honest, like, Neb was never on my radar. Um, how did this, this is how it started. <laughs> we were in Europe last summer. Jordan and I obviously got married. We vacationed over there. My brother
0: got married in Italy
1: like a month or two after we did. So our family, we're spending a lot of time in Italy, in Europe. and. We were drinking a lot of spritzes. We were having a lot of spritzes at every port. We really fell in love with them. The Apérol Spritz, being where Saint Spritz was born, because we came back after a summer there, and we kept trying to recreate it. And every time you have an Apérol Spritz, a the proportions are always a little bit different. It always tastes different depending on the prosecco you use or whatever it is. And we were tired of wasting a bottle of prosecco every time you just wanted. One Sprint's for yourself. (laughs) That's so true. I don't a whole bottle of Prosecco every time I open it. It doesn't stay good long at all. So we were like, let's just go see if someone makes something that's easy, ready to drink in a can. We're always there at the beach, by the pool, or on the go. So we wanted something a little more easy. We tried to find something. And there was not anything that we could find that nailed the flavor profile of that traditional Aperol Sprint. But also, once we were looking into this, we looked did a deeper dive into the, all the ingredients that are in some of these traditional spritzes. And they're just not that good for you. So we went out to do it. And it's me, my sister-in-law, my brother Ben also, and a family little business that we have zero experience in that we're manning all by ourselves. And we've done it and we've launched it. So. That was one of the coolest things ever that I, I think I've ever done. I love the brand. I'm such a big fan. Thank you. Yeah, you let got it. Was that the first time you tried
3: it? The first time I tried it. And I am obsessed. Oh. The fact that you paired the St. Spritz with
1: bourbon blew my mind. Yeah, and that was really fun for us because we created St. Spritz because it was summer of exploring being in Italy. But what we've realized, the Spritz is not just a summertime drink. And if you look at a lot, you probably don't look at the, the data like <laughs> we do in the research, but like. For the first time ever, a spritz is in the top 10 ordered cocktails at a bar ever. And it's becoming a year-round cocktail drink that people order at the bar. And so we're realizing that like it's not just a summer drink. It's not just a spring drink. People are drinking spritzes on the slopes in the mountain, And so we wanted to find a way that we could showcase, like, here's actually a different, cool, unique way how you can use St. Spritz and also pair it with like, bourbon, for an example, because we would have friends like guy friends of ours that loved our Amalfi spread and they would just play around with it and added it to some whiskey some bourbon and they're like dude this is so good (laughs) wow okay what a cool way to now incorporate how a spritz can be drank alone but also be used as sort of like a mix and a cocktail so when off hours and we came together the founder jake ireland he's amazing We loved everything about their brand. They're very big on the no additives as well and like a cleaner, healthier version. And we created this bourbon spritz, which was amazing. I gotta tell you, I'm not a bourbon drinker. Never thought I was, but that bourbon spritz, you had one, was so good. No, I felt the exact same way. I even told Jake that night,
3: I was like, I, you know, love the branding. It's gorgeous, but I don't like bourbon. And he was like, no, "No, no, you're you're gonna like this." And it was so good. Last subject, our audience would be remiss if I did not ask you, JoJo, was your wellness and beauty secrets. You are absolutely glowing. What are your top three wellness non-negotiables? Oh my gosh! One thing that
1: I have always been a very big advocate of is always, always, always taking off your makeup. Before you get into bed, washing your face, cleaning your face after a workout. I'm very big about that. I could never go to sleep with any ounce of makeup. So that is a big one for me. Physical activity and whatever that looks like for you, whether that's going for a walk, doing a couple of jumping jacks, doing something physical and active for your body every single day, even though you don't want to do Because I got to tell you, I don't like doing it, but I feel so much better giving my body a reason to work. Um, and I think it kind of just jumpstarts your body. And then sunscreen every single day. doesn't matter if it's rain, shine, sunny, anywhere. Always sunscreen.
3: What about yeah. for beauty? Are there any like routines, tips, products,
1: anything that you're like, I literally can't live without this. Everybody needs to try it. I'm a big like product freak. I love testing, trying all different types of products. So there's a lot I love. I'm not a big foundation girl. I used to hate seeing all my freckles. Now I like love my freckles and I love those little perfections. So I love anything that's like tinted BB cream or like a serum of some sort that gives your skin a light little glow. I think letting your skin breathe and finding a product that feels good on your skin and it gives you that nice natural glow. I like the Drunk Elephant Bronzy Drops. Because when I don't want to wear like makeup, but I feel like oh I'm pale, I'm not feeling like my best, I'll just take my favorite sunscreen or my moisturizer. I'll put a few drops of that Drunk Elephant bronzing, those bronzing drops, and it gives you the slightest, most beautiful little glow. But it's enough to pick you up and enough to make your skin still feel lineary and, and you feel a lot better. So I love that product. I don't mix it in with foundations for a nice glow with sunscreens and moisturizers. I have heard the best things about those. I need to get those. That sounds amazing. I was a big fan of those before it became popular. Now they're like always sold out, which I'm so annoyed with. Damn it. Maybe you shouldn't have shared that tip that now everyone's going to continue to sell I, them out. <laughs> I know. I really screwed myself.
3: <laughs> you did. You just can't. Yeah. You you got to gatekeep sometimes. You can't share with the
1: people. Here's one other product that, you know, I don't even know if I should tell you. <laughs> I, will, I will tell you. Okay. The Color Science. Total Eye Three in One Renewal Therapy. It is this this little guy. You see him? <laughs> okay. A makeup artist got me started on this when we were filming for Cashpad. and it is a undry sunscreen, which is really smart because you don't think about it, but it also kind of acts as like a little bit of a concealer. But it's still in a very like moisturizing, hydrating, and it is so pretty, and it's like the perfect little pop if you're going to the gym or you don't want to be wearing makeup. Feels good on your skin, protects your skin with SPF, and brightens under dry. I
3: hear about pretty much every product and I really have not heard of that. Listen, everyone don't go sell it out though. Jojo, okay. we, we are going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions. First one, your go-to breakfast. Hard boiled eggs. How yeah. many? Two with some avocado. <gasps> Yum. That
1: sounds so good. Best advice you ever received. The best advice that I ever gave myself was if there's anything that you want in this life and you put your mind to it, and you work hard on it, chase after that dream. And if it happens, amazing. And if it doesn't, at least you tried. Attacking any dream that you have and not being scared to fail is a big thing for me. A book that changed your life. I got to tell you, I-, I probably haven't read like a really good book that's changed my life for a minute. <laughs> if you have one, will you share with Because that is actually on my... I always kind of make lists on things that I want to get better at. And reading actual books is a big one for me. Okay. I like that. What kind yeah. of books do you like? I love like the self-help type books. I really love anything that's like career focused or just like goal oriented. Anything that's like self-help, I really love. Okay. I am just
3: reading. Do you know Ed Milet? I'm just reading his books. No. And they're so good. I love his. I love Joe Dispenza, but that gets a little... Sciency, it's kind of hard to digest for people that aren't into it but Dr. Joda Spenza uh breaking oh. the habit of being yourself really good ed Milet, really good Ugh, oh okay. my god yeah. there's so many good ones you know, I just send a list after this I will send you a very long list Jojo because this is like my shit. Okay, okay Jojo right. where can everybody find you get Saint Spritz give us all the details.
1: Saint Spritz we sell online to just saintspritz.com, and then you can find me all over the interweb at Joelle underscore fletcher pretty sure that's my handle. You want to try and spritz? I think we gave your listeners a code that they can try spritz for 10% off.
3: That's right. It's the every girl 10 for 10% off. So I am going to be using that and getting it myself. Jojo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for indulging in my bachelor fantasy. This like really made my life. My mom is going to be freaking out. You don't even know. She's going to be freaking out. So thank you for indulging that. I know that was like, A thousand years ago. Thank you so much for joining us and for all your expertise and insight. This was so awesome.
1: It was so fun. Thanks for having me. Hopefully we'll get to talk to you soon.
3: I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know I sure did. If this episode gave you any value or you're liking the show in general, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference for our show so we can keep growing and bringing the content that you love. If you want more info, you can find us at The Every Girl Podcast on Instagram or at theeverygirlpodcast.com. Talk to you next week.